Welcome to the Spirited Advocate podcast, brought to you by the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States, the leading voice for the distilled spirits industry. Now your host, Chris Wonger. Welcome, Spirited Advocate podcast viewers and listeners. Check this out. We're going triple cool today because we've got some prime time, and I'm so excited about this podcast, prime time guests. Uh, we've, we've, here today, we've got 21 Seeds Tequila, which is one of the hottest tequilas in the country, I'll tell you that. And with the two founders, Sarika and Kat, thank you for being with us. We're so, so excited uh, to have you and hear the story. I mean, this is, uh, you know, women leadership uh, to the nth degree, uh, the distillery. I'm not distillery, but uh, down in uh, uh, Mexico, it's a woman-owned uh, distillery. I guess you call it a distillery where you make tequila as well. Uh, I, we are so, so excited to have you. So just tell us the opening. Tell us how y'all got into this. Y'all have been best of friends for a long, long time. And somehow you got into the uh, Blanco tequila business, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is Kat, by the way, Chris, it's so good to be here with you. And, and just so you can put a, a voice and a face to, to, to the, to the BFF, Sarika. Hey everyone. Hi, Chris. So nice to be here. Yeah. Um, but we're, yeah, Chris, we're thrilled to be here to share our story with you. Um, I mean, right. Like how did a, how did three moms become tequila makers? Right. It's not, it's not uh, it's, the traditional it's, path. It's not the traditional path. It wasn't what we set out to do as you know. It was not part of the life plan. Um, I'm sure it was not the plan. Like, I'm sure our husbands probably didn't think we were gonna become tequila makers either when they married us. Exactly. We, exactly. we had totally different careers at the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, really, it it really it kind of started with. Um, a health issue for me. Uh, and I was a wine drinker. I drank wine happily every night, a couple glasses, you know, at the end of my day, usually one while I was making dinner for my family and then another one with dinner. And one day I just, over the course of actually some days, I just started feeling not myself. I went, you know, I went to my doctor and I was like, what's going on, you know? And this was about now 10 years ago. And he just kind of looked at what I was eating and drinking um, and you know, the minute I said a couple glasses of wine at the end of my day, he's like, ah, oh, there's the culprit. He, he, he suggested that I move away from wine and really all fermented spirits. So wine, champagne, beer, sake, anything fermented, and then instead switch to a, uh, what he recommended was Blanco tequila and which was like a distilled spirit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And specifically Blanco, um, if I wanted to drink cleaner, he said drinking a white spirit. And again, he recommended, he thought I might enjoy Blanco tequila, uh, but I could have, he, I could have done vodka as well or rum, but he, he wanted me to switch from fermented to a distilled white spirit. Um, and so sent me home with this task to stop drinking wine and not to bad homework. that's not bad homework, right? <laughs> At least he didn't ask me to stop drinking altogether. Right. Sure. Cause, uh, um, I really do enjoy a cocktail, you know, or two at the end of my night. Um, you know, I'm looking to relax and unwind and, yeah. and I, I love, you know, I actually love holding a wine glass. So 
Um, so what I did was I went home, I stopped drinking wine and within like three days, my symptoms completely went away. Everything I was started feeling better and everything. Yeah, exactly. No, no headaches. I wasn't having any headaches when I woke up. I wasn't, you know, sort of having sweats uh, and things like that. So at that point I was like, huh, okay, that worked. Now what I'm going to like, what am I going to do to this Blanco tequila to make it drinkable every night? Something I look forward to, you know, because I was buying, I bought, I mean, I, if I were drinking tequila, I would always buy nice tequila. I mean, uh, you know, because you know, you hear about like horrible tequila, you don't want to drink that. It's going to cause a headache. So if I was drinking tequila, I'd buy nice tequila. But even that, you know, tequila is harsh. Like I don't, it doesn't really matter how nice it is. It's still got that really harsh bite. And, um, it kind of makes you make that face if you're drinking it straight or even just regular tequila with club soda. And I didn't want to have to make cocktails. I wanted to keep it clean. I didn't want to have to add a lot of stuff to it. I also didn't want to deal with a fussy situation of trying to smooth it out. Right. Cause I'm a mom. I needed something as easy to drink as my glass of wine and as enjoyable as the glass of wine. Cause again, I wasn't just looking to drink to get like buzzed. I actually was looking forward to unwinding with a glass of something at the end of my day. And Kat, was that when the infused idea came in? Because y'all's flavors are to die for. So <laughs> is that oh. where the idea was born? That's right, Chris. And by the way, we never tire of hearing that. So the more you throw that out at us, we will. I'm your evangelist. (laughs) Um, Exactly. You know, I remember being, you know, I, I, I would, I love to cook and I'd make sangria a lot. And I thought, huh, you know what? That works with wine, right? Like, what if I just infuse this Blanco? What, what will happen? And what will that taste like? So I, I threw actually, ironically, Cucumber jalapeno was the first infusion that I made. Um, I just, and it's our bestseller. I mean, you got it right there. And it's crazy because, you know, first time's a charm. I think the same is the third time's the charm, but like in this case, we hit it. It it just, it worked. Like I like spicy things. And then I felt like the cucumber kind of cooled it off a a hair, you know? So it was like, kind of like a chill spice. And um, so I just, I, threw some stuff into the tequila and it just transformed it totally. And it, it, it smoothed it out like tremendously. It added a hint of flavor, but it didn't make it sweet, you know, because initially I thought, Oh, maybe I'll go try some flavored products that are on the market, like a flavored, you know, there were some flavored tequilas on the market. There were certainly a ton of flavored vodkas on the market. And I just found them all to, kind of have this weird aftertaste, like you're sucking on a nickel and kind of smell like Jolly Ranchers and be too sweet. And, and I just, that wasn't for me. So I thought, well, that's not going to work. So what if I just infuse it myself? And by doing that, it, it transformed it. Like I mentioned, and it made it smell great. Not like tequila reminding me of college days, you know, it made it tremendously smooth and again, not sweet. And it allowed me to, to, to use it easily. You know, again, like as a mom, I was looking for an easy solution and I could just, you know, keep this bottle of infused tequila in my fridge or not add club soda. I would put it in a, in a wine glass, just tequila, club soda, slice of orange. And it was delicious, you know, and I would have a couple of those and, and then go ahead. And Kat, and then you started sharing this with uh, your buddies, Saraka too, right? And then all of a sudden you saw there was a little bit of a demand, right? 
Is that how that works? Uh, I'll let so, Sarka speak to all that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Kat had been infusing this in her kitchen for years and having it at parties and, and it was amazing. People loved it. And what's funny is, you know, Kat and I know each other from being in San Francisco, basically being moms, as she said. And we had talked about actually doing other business ideas together at one point, like, oh, a healthy meal delivery service for kids or whatnot. And then one day it just sort of, you know, Kat was like, I think that I want to commercialize tequila. And it was like a light bulb went off and it was just like, you know, she pulled in Nicole, her sister who has experience in uh, business and finance. And I just thought it was like a fantastic idea. I spent most of my career in the food industry um, with innovation and food and just kind of thinking about how we could bring this to life and really stay true to what Kat had been doing in her kitchen. It just was like a super, I thought the idea was a winner and here we are. (laughs) All right. So for our audience, just let everybody know, Sarka and I've got a mutual friend and now I'm just thinking about it. It was last Thanksgiving. I go over to a buddy's house uh, where they fry turkeys. And I ran into Illy, who is a longtime friend of Sarka's. And she was like, Chris, she was asking me, you know, what am I doing and so forth. And she was like, you need to learn about 21 Seeds Tequila and my friend. So uh, and here we are almost to the day getting close a year later. And you've got you've got three. You've got the cucumber jalapeno, 21 seeds. You've got the Valencia orange, which I haven't tried yet, uh, which I'm looking forward to. And then you've got the grapefruit hibiscus, right? That's Um, right. Yeah. And by the way, Chris, we have an amazing recipe for you for Thanksgiving for the with with the Valencia orange. We have this delicious recipe. We call it our. It's got two names: seed and cider. Or you can call it the apple sauce. Uh, oh, I like that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and it's sauced responsibly, of course. Of course. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, and just so everybody knows, I mean, how long have you all been in business? About three years, two, three years? Not that. Two and a, two and a half. half. Yeah, two and a half years. And just for everybody that's in the D.C. area. 21 Seeds Tequila is at the Virginia ABC in McLean, which I've been to, and it's it's terrific. So even, uh, uh, you know, 21 Seeds is a little baby, uh, but it is in Virginia, and that's a long way from San Francisco, a long way from the Jalisco region. So we're so y'all decided, all right, we're going to we're going to do this and y'all take a trip to Mexico, right? That's Mm -hmm. right. To go look yeah. for a tequila so, maker? Yeah. So we, we visit, we, first of all, we tasted so much tequila in this yeah. process because not only did we have to find the base tequila that we liked, but because we were doing something a little different, we had to find something that worked well with our infusion process. And so, you know, when we went down to Mexico, we visited many distilleries. Um, All of them were great. But what we loved about our distillery is that they were excited about the idea of doing something different. Um, And we had to put in things that were a little different, some equipment that is different to do what we wanted to do. And they were basically um, ready to partner with, uh, with us on that kind of signaling their interest in innovating. And, um, and here we are today. So, you know, it's really all about that partnership with them. It's been phenomenal. So, um, but yes, it is also, 
owned by a woman, Celia. And it's awesome. And just when y'all went and saw how they pull the agave out of the ground and how they do it, y'all probably fell in love with the process and the history and the heritage of it all, right? Yeah. And you know, the thing that blew, I think the thing that blew us away, you, because we we're here in the Bay area, right up in San Francisco. And so we, we've, we've been to Napa, you know, yeah. numerous times. And, you know, when you go to Napa, you sort of see the scale of the vineyards, this, there's just beautiful vineyards kind of everywhere you look, yeah. but they're not they're they're in a lot of places. And I thought that that was an expanse of vines that I had never really seen prior to, you know, when I first went to Napa, when you get to Jalisco, right. And you're driving through the region where the agave, the blue agave, the blue Weber agaves are grown. And, you know, our distillery is actually in the town of tequila. There is a town of tequila, not all distilleries yeah. are in the town, but ours is. So as you sort of pull into this town, the scale of agave, of a blue Weber agave is planted. It's, it's literally carpeted. I mean, it's the mm-hmm. only place that you don't see blue Weber agaves is like in the sky, everywhere <laughs> else, even in places, you know, on the rocks, they're growing. It's unreal. And they have, they have literally carpeted every square inch of this region with blue Weber agaves. And it's, as, it's at a scale that blew us away because, you know, it takes so long for these blue Weber agave plants to grow, sure. right? It's not like Napa where you can use the same plot of land and every year you have a new harvest, right? You just grow it by the end, you harvest it, you've got the grapes, it's done. These things take seven to 10 years to come to, you know, to be at the, at the size and the ripeness that they need to be in order to be harvested. So you can't, you have to, there's the acreage is compounded by so much. It's, it's it was unreal. So I think that was the thing that blew me away. It was just, it's so beautiful. It is so beautiful to just see these fields and fields of, of these blue Weber agave plants. It's a lot of work pulling the agave plants out of the ground and Uh, whole thing and it's uh it's amazing because sometimes and by the way uh i'm uh looking forward to this uh i'm gonna be going to jalisco and tequila in january so i'll have to let y'all know yeah and and visit uh visit the distillery and so forth but uh one of the challenges that's happened over the years with agave is sometimes there's agave shortages and that creates a real impact to the marketplace. Hopefully that hasn't impacted y'all yet, but uh, it is the essence. It's almost like God's gift, right? Really, the agave plant. And who who would have known? So uh, where did they come up with the name 21 Seeds? Where did we come up with that? Exactly. Is that y'all? That was us. So it's um, it's the two sisters and the one friend, all natural. 21 Seeds. That's pretty good. And have y'all had an impact on the supply chain challenges over the last couple of months, uh, like everybody? Yeah, so we haven't experienced that. I mean, I I guess to simplify how we handle it, it's really all about um, a really good forecast, communicating with our suppliers and planning ahead and having backup. So, you know, in all, so that's kind of our, I guess, mantra as far as how we deal with it. And we've been lucky in that we haven't experienced shortages um, but we are always staying on top of 
of those uh, kind of challenges right now. Sure. And look, you may have not have known this when you were hanging out in the kitchen and coming up with the idea, right? But I mean, the industry is a male and, you know, male dominated industry. And I'm sure once you started kind of figuring that out, how is how has that been uh, with three, you know, visionary women that is onto an awesome idea and most importantly onto a great brand and great product. Uh, how has that been uh, just navigating through the industry, uh, you know, showing that, that the power of ingenuity and the power of women? Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like it, you're right, Chris, right? Like the industry across the board at oh. all levels mm-hmm. is male dominated, right? From like the distributors to um, a lot of the independent retailers, the the, the folks, the, the, the gatekeepers in the on and off premise. Um, and so those are all the gatekeepers. Uh, ironically, the consumer, you know, so if you can, if you, the, the thing that we had to figure out is, um, you know, how are we going to reach our consumer who we we really are focused on that female consumer first and foremost because we know so much about her and we really feel like we created a product that is going to appeal to her first and foremost. We like to say like we made this product for her, by her, and the men who support her yeah. uh, because certainly there are a lot of men who are loving Twenty One Seeds, but um, and and drinking it. But you know, as a small company, you only have so so many resources, and you can't you can't be you know everyone's tequila because then you're no one's tequila. So we really focused on that consumer that you know we saw was really making that switch, right? So many of our girlfriends were switching from wine and champagne over to tequila, and not really finding anything in the tequila aisle that spoke to her, you know, that really uh, resonated with her, and also that she liked the taste of. You know, again, any flavored stuff that was on the market was too sweet and there was nothing that was really balanced. And so we felt like we created this product. It's been proven that men have different palates than women. So obviously we created something we like the taste of. So we figured she's going to like the taste of it. And then we figured, we thought, okay, how is she discovering brands? You know, how, how is she discovering any brand outside of even tequila? And we really looked at that and we thought, you know what? Yes, there are these gatekeepers, which is part of the distribution, you know, model, but how, how can we reach her, you know, without the traditional ways of, of, you know, bringing spirits to market, which is really more focused on, you know, the on-premise, like slowly bringing a brand into restaurants and bars, getting folks to try it that way, getting folks to be exposed to the brand there. That's how it's done typically, Right. But we thought we're trying to reach a female consumer. She's not really discovering brands in bars and restaurants. Where is she discovering brands? She's discovering brands in what we like to call the outer premise, which is this online online media universe, right? Whether they're reading, you know, women are reading about brands they 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 know or don't know, discovering brands through like Bustle or Well and Good, Pop Sugar, Refinery Twenty Nine. These is this these are publishing platforms they're reading about online or you know, through friend recommendations, right? Women love to recommend things they love to their girlfriends. Probably part of a book club, like Amy Swanger, who likes wine every night, right? A glass of wine as well. You know, and so you you find something you love that fits your lifestyle. You want to share it with your girlfriends. That's super powerful. That's grassroots marketing right there. Yeah. And that's being done through social media predominantly, right? So Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, where you're sharing recipes, 
So in our minds, it was very clear how we wanted to reach the consumer, which was through this online media, you know, like through this outer premise. So we were able to bypass a lot of the, you know, very male dominated gatekeepers and go to her directly and let her know about our brand. So in our minds, it was, you know, because we were industry outsiders, we came into spirits from, you know, not the spirits industry. So we thought, well, this is how, you know, this is how we would reach her if we weren't selling a spirit. How is that any different now that we are selling a spirit? This is what we're going to do. And then we kind of just proved that model out. And then we're able to show those results to those gatekeepers who were men, like to our distributors who were men. I mean, you know, we were just in a, in a planning meeting and everybody in the room was a guy except for us. Um, but I think we've been able to navigate it because we were able to prove it out. And then the results sort of spoke for themselves. So then they were more open to listening to our, you know, our, our game plan. In half of the, half the time y'all have been around, you've had to good do it through a pandemic. But on the other hand, you do have a dedicated audience that's online because many of them in the early days were stuck at home quarantining, right? So you could help create that word of mouth and conversations, right? A hundred percent. You know, it's an it's interesting. Of course, we could have never predicted that the pandemic was coming, right? Uh, we had this game plan of reaching her where she is, like finding her where she was, which was online. So at the onset, this brand was sort of born online, right? Like that is how we were communicating with our consumer. And then the pandemic came. So every other spirits brand was like scrambling to figure out how to connect with the consumer, because if they weren't able to do tastings and the on-premise was shut down, how were people going to know about the, the, their brand? And for us, it was, that was never part of our game plan. Right. So we didn't have that problem. We just continued to communicate with our consumer, you know, through email, through online, you know, we have a, a subscriber list of 80,000 women today and, a and it's a big number. And we send her weekly inspirational, fun cocktail recipes, easy to make. And that's our whole thing again, because we're moms. Yeah. We want things to be easy. We want to hit the easy button as often as possible. No one wants to do math when they're trying to relax and unwind. So we do things like a three count pour instead of, you know, ounce and a half, two ounces. You know, we have those things in our recipes for the, the industry. But like when we're online explaining how to make these cocktails, it's with things that you, I generally like to focus on ingredients you can find in your kitchen right? Not some obscure liqueur that you've never heard of that's full of sugar. You know, like we want to keep it. A prime time bartender, right? Yep. Exactly. You know, because we think that cocktails can be intimidating and I think they have been for so long. And our whole thing is to just demystify all that, keep it simple, keep it cleaner and make it easy for that consumer to drink us every day. Like she does her wine. You know, because that's what they're, she's looking for an alternative to wine. A lot of, we could not believe how many women came to us right. and like, thank you for bringing this product to market. We've been, you know, we haven't been able to drink wine either. We're having hot flashes or sweats or whatever the case is. And like, this is such a great alternative. And so that's been really cool. Yeah. How uh, y'all been somewhat flying off the seat of your pants for the last three years because of all the great growth in consumer interest. Where do you think the, where do you think y'all be with the brand in five years? I mean, is it 
too far over the horizon to think about. Obviously, you're still in the stages of building the brand and getting that, uh, getting a broader audience to discover uh, 21 seeds. Uh, I mean, nothing but green pastures ahead. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, totally. I mean, there's so much runway left. You know, right now, again, because we were very strategic about how we came to market. So we wanted to create the biggest impact we could because we knew we could reach her online. And so where is she shopping, right? So we really focused on chain stores initially, which again is the opposite of what is normally done with a small brand coming to market. You don't even think about approaching, say, the Whole Foods buyer nationally and saying, hey, put us in every Whole Foods. They're going to say to you, well, how on earth is anyone going to even know about this brand? Why would I give you this coveted real estate shelf space in our in our Whole Foods chain, right? And the good news was, was we were able to say, again, you know, when we first launched, we actually launched with BevMo. That was our first customer, right? Retail partner. Like they bought- That's in California. California, yeah, right? Based in California. We launched in California initially. And there were a hundred, there are 147 BevMo's in California. And we thought to ourselves, well, we should probably be in BevMo because- Why not? You know, why not? And that's, you know, that's probably, I know that's where if I'm having a party, I'll go to BevMo and buy my booze for the party that I'm having. So we thought, okay, they sell a lot of spirits, uh, all kinds of spirits, right? Um, Let's approach them. And of course, at the time we didn't know anything about windows and when they, when they make those decisions and all of that. So we, you know, I think part of having a successful um, business startup is being naive in a lot of instances, right? And not knowing about that yeah. stuff because you you're just not shy about it, right? You're not shy about it. You're like, hey, we have this great product and we think your consumer is going to love it. And you know, there's nothing like it in the tequila aisle. Well, we they did love it. They did take it. We did benefit from some things that had happened prior, like the kettle botanicals had come to market and they had done really well with those in terms of that same sort of light, easy drinking uh, occasion. So, um, so that worked for us, but we were able to take that success. And, you know, once we got into BevMo, we started selling and we were again, uh, really focused on letting her know where she could find it, communicating those easy at-home recipes to our consumer online. And so we were able to say then when we went to Whole Foods and the same thing is true, like banging down those doors, making sure we got the meetings with the buyers directly so we could tell our story, you know, and then telling the story and seeing and look at the results. And they were, they were like, yeah, I mean, especially with the chains, they have names for the different female consumers, right? Like they're solely focused on the female consumer. So that was our initial game plan and it worked right now. You can buy 21 seeds in almost every chain in America, right? Whether you're talking whole foods, Safeway, BevMo, Total Wine, Sam's Club, Walmart, Jewel Osco. In all 50 states now? Yeah, we're in 46, 46 states. That is terrific because I you've made progress. I think it was been a while, but uh, less, nine months ago, y'all were like 21 to 27 or something mm-hmm. like that, right? Yeah. You know what that is? That is consumer pull and word is getting out, right? So, uh, no. And we had some help with that, by the way, right? Like, we're getting out. Like, early, very early on, we have some great loyal fans who are pretty high profile loyal fans. Like, Mm -hmm. for example, Katie Couric 
loves this brand. You know, we actually were just at her book tour Mm -hmm. and she in San Francisco, by the way, going there, great book. And she went to UVA, by the way. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. And she loves 21 Seeds. She And on stage, she said, I want to give a shout out to the girls of 21 Seeds, Kat and Sarker in the audience. And it's my favorite tequila. So, you know, and that's all authentic, just love for the brand. She's done so much for us. And her loving and talking about the brand then caught the eye of the Today Show. The Today Show did a whole profile on us, which really obviously helps in terms of awareness, you know. Uh, Jessica Alba has been a big fan of the brand from the beginning. Um, you know, Naomi Watts, like we've just had this great celebrity love. Like we were on the Rachel Ray show. There's just been a, and then we, of course we made the O magazine. We made the O list Oprah's favorite. Right. So that, I did not know that. I mean, yeah. that was like uh, getting on the New York times bestseller list. Almost, exactly. Right? And, and now we've just been nominated for spirits brand of the year by wine enthusiasts. They just nominated us for spirits brand of the year. So it's just, there's been incredible sort of earned media and just PR that we've gotten from these, these authentic lovers of the brand, because guess what? It doesn't matter if you're a celebrity female or a regular female. Like if you find something you love, you want to talk about it. You want to share it with your friends. And so that's what we've really benefited from, but we have a lot of runway, right? Like that was the change. That's that's really where the majority of our distribution is currently. But we really feel coming out of COVID now, right, where bars and restaurants are starting to open up. We think that the brand really provides a real solution for those on-premise accounts, right? These are bars and restaurants who are hurting, right? Yeah. They need solutions. They don't need another Blanco Reponejo on the back bar. They have plenty of those, right? They need real solutions to the cocktails that they make a lot of, right? So for example, a margarita or a spicy margarita, we allow that bartender to make that spicy margarita with fewer ingredients. We've already infused it. So you don't have to worry about buying fresh jalapenos. You don't have to worry about infusing it yourself, which takes time, labor, you know, bodies that quite, quite honestly, they don't have the staff. So if you're looking to make something more consistently, like you want to make a spicy margarita, you want to make it consistently spicy, same spice level. You want to use fewer ingredients. You want to, uh, you know, use fewer humans, right. Personnel to make that cocktail. You need to make it quickly. We solve all those problems for that account. And so we really think that there's a huge opportunity to go into all these on-premise accounts. Right now, we're not really in any on-premise accounts. We we have a lot of, you know, runway there. Runway. I would say, though, uh, y'all are in Millie's. Y'all are in Millie's in Washington, D.C. Uh, with the cucumber jalapeno and it, the margarita. And it is it is to die for. To die well, for. Everybody go to Millie's. Everybody <laughs> go to Millie's. So, uh, with all of that, uh, obviously you've you've been able to engineer and leverage the social media platform. Do you all see e-commerce uh, as uh, as an as an important element for the growth of the brand going forward as well? Uh, are you partnering with uh, three tier uh, compliant e-commerce platforms and creating some pull from that as well? Yeah, 100%, 100%. And so, you know, again, 
because we were reaching her where she was online, you want to be able to direct her somewhere immediately to be able to buy. And the way that we really look at e-commerce is, you know, obviously with COVID, um, people are buying things from home more than they ever have in the past, right? That's what's created all these bottleneck supply chain and and Amazon trucks and whatnot. So that's not going away. Um, But we still think that, you know, people buy most of their booze you know, especially with spirits, because it's a little bit uh, clunkier. It's not like a, a winery or just uh, or a brewery where you can ship direct and you yeah. have more control over it. Again, we have to use third party, you know, uh, retailers to be compliant. So um, we look at 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 that channel as a good place for trial, right? Right? Like, let's grab Absolutely. them, throw them there to try it, and we we have a great. Yeah, they fall in love with it. And then through email, we can let them know where they can buy it locally. You know, and that's the beauty of 21 Seeds is that we are, you can pretty much find us anywhere locally in a retail, you know, outlet. Um, so we we love to direct customers then where to buy uh, from our, our retail so that, you know, it's less on the carbon footprint. Like they can just buy it when they're doing the rest of their groceries. Absolutely. And Sarka, you manage like the day-to-day, the business, the accounting of the business and so forth. I mean, getting into it, uh, it's it's got to be an exciting time because uh, y'all are growing, right? Absolutely. I mean, we've seen tremendous growth, um, both in terms of our, uh, you know, our, our supply and also the revenue. And so, um, you know, when you say where we're going to be in five years, I really hope that um, we're in everybody's household. And I think, you know, we've heard anecdotally from consumers, like, you know, I used to drink, I drink spirits when I'm out, I'll order a cocktail, but I really just don't have it at home until I found 21 seeds. And I think that that's the key thing is, you know, I think as more and more people discover just everything about our brand being simple and easy to use and just, uh, less harsh than some of the the tequilas they've been used to. Um, I think in five years, we're just going to be a household name and we will be um, everywhere. Pretty exciting stuff. Well, look, uh, now we, we, we close the podcast with just a couple of uh, uh, top line questions. And then I'm going to have a little sip sip as well. But uh, if y'all could, your favorite cocktail. Now you did say apple saucy. You, you pitched apple sauce. Applesauce is our favorite holiday cocktail. Okay, that's the holiday cocktail. Sarka, what is your favorite uh, 21 Seeds cocktail? You know, I hope this isn't too basic, but I love our margarita. I just love it. It's, you know, it's simple, three ingredients, um, clean, and it's my favorite. (laughs) Which flavor? Which flavor? Do you have a specific flavor? The orange or the green? Yeah, I use the Valencia orange in my margarita. Valencia orange. Kat, how about you? Yeah, and by the way, that recipe for all the listeners out there, this is how easy it is. It's it's two ounces, right? A three count pour of Valencia orange, and then one tablespoon, guys, of fresh lemon juice. I'm sorry, fresh lime juice. One tablespoon of fresh lime juice. And one tablespoon of simple syrup and, and shake that up there. and that is it. That's one tablespoon. It. You don't need a lot. Okay. And Kat, for you, are you mixed? You've got a bunch of them. I, I do create all of our cocktail recipes. I will, I will give you my, this is my favorite for this time of year, aside from the seed and cider, uh, AKA applesauce. Um, this is like a huge surprise for me. And I think it's a great cocktail for this podcast um, because 
It's so good. And it's normally made with bourbon, which is, it's an old fashioned, mm-hmm. right? And so it's normally an old fashioned is with bourbon and orange bitters, right? Yep. yep. And um, I've never been able to drink an old fashioned because I'm not a bourbon drinker. It's just, it is too harsh for me, bourbon. And, but I love the simplicity of that cocktail, right? It's, yep. it, it's simple. Like the way that ballet is simple and beautiful, an old fashioned done right is just a gorgeous looking cocktail with like a giant ice cube yeah, and that perfect swirl mm-hmm. of orange rind, you know, and like a beautiful, like gold toothpick that has, uh, you know, like a Luxardo mm-hmm. cherry, you know, just that whole, the way that that whole thing looks and it's in that heavy rocks glass. Like I love everything about that, but I've never been able to drink it because bourbon is too harsh for me. So when we started 21 seeds, I thought, you know, we already have the orange, you know, in the Valencia orange. So it's got that orange note that you, that you would get. Yeah. From the bitters, right. From orange bitters. So what if we kind of turn that around a bit? So I make our old fashioned with one raw sugar cube. So like one Brown raw sugar cube. How about okay. that? How about that? Put that in the bottom of the glass. And then I add to that chocolate bitters. So I, I do three dashes of chocolate bitters onto that sugar cube, like two tablespoons of water. And then the Valencia orange tequila, our 21 seeds, right? Valencia orange tequila, muddle all that together, mix that all around and giant ice cube, you know, with the rind and the Luxardo cherry and dynamite. It's so, so good. Tis the season. So I should try that for Thanksgiving. You should try that one. Get yourself a bottle of the Valencia orange, and then you can make the seed and cider. You can make the old fashioned and you could even make Sarika's margarita. You can make, we can make all of our favorites just with that one bottle. Well, look on behalf of discus, first and foremost, thank you all for engaging with discus. Uh, We want to be an organization to help support y'all and amplify uh, the great story of 21 Seeds uh, Tequila. It's phenomenal and it's amazing uh, what y'all are doing for our industry and for the tequila category as well. And uh, just uh, three cheers to y'all. Everybody, go find 21 Seeds Tequila. It's going to be in your liquor stores in 47 states, right? I think now 47. Think 46, 46. 46. Okay. You got, you got a few to go, but you're almost there. And before you know it, uh, you're going to be ordering 21 seeds tequila at an on-premise near you as well. And Ask for it, everybody. Ask for it. Help us out. <laughs> so on behalf of Discus, thank you all. I'm going to have a little bit of uh, cucumber jalapeno, which is phenomenal. So thank you for uh, being with us today and triple cheers and a happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you. And thanks for having us, Chris. This was such. So good. So good. (laughs) Yay. We love that. That's a happy customer right there. We love our happy customers. The Spirited Advocate podcast was brought to you by the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States. If you'd like to be a guest speaker on the show, or send us topic suggestions to cover, please contact us at podcast at distilledspirits.org. And please like and share these episodes. Your support is very appreciated.